I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Fantasy Five Aside on Football Ramble Daily with me, Jim Campbell. My guest today is the founder and driving force of Ask Blog and its podcast equivalent, Ask Cast, one of the forefathers of DIY football media and a legend in the game. Welcome, Andrew Mangan and or Ask Blogger. How you doing, Andrew? I'm good, Jim. How are you? Good to I'm- talk to you. You too, mate. Thank you very much for uh, for coming uh, on the show. So, as I say, I mean, Askcast really was, uh, and, and Ask Blog really was one of the first uh, mm. first things to 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 realise it was possible for us to do this. You know, to actually just make a living talking about the, the things you care about in a in a in a passionate but sometimes daft way. Yes, daft is a good way of putting it. All right, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been going now. I mean, look, eighteen years for the website, twelve years for the podcast. Um, so, you know, at this point I'm, I'm fairly wedded into this strange, bizarre existence that I have Mm. talking nonsense about Arsenal 
um, on a daily basis. It's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Because I think yeah. when you start something like this, you, you assume that there would perhaps... I don't know, maybe be a shelf life on, on podcasts, but because they're a new thing, and, and, and it's true of blogs as well, because they're a new thing, it doesn't necessarily have to be the case. Isn't it? And thankfully for us, it, it's not, and people seem, are still engaged, and it's, it's, it's a great community. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I think what's, what's great about it, and I've always said this about blogs first and then podcasts as they've come along and become more ubiquitous, is that there is literally something for everyone out there. You know, uh, if you don't like... Um, the Arsecast, there are so many other Arsenal podcasts uh, to listen to. If you don't like Football Ramble, there are so many other football podcasts for you out there to listen to. And it's sort of like a. Um, Let's make it clear that these hypothetical people are wrong. Oh, absolutely. There's no question about that. They're completely wrong and probably should be in prison. But, you know, there there is something there for those people. And, and that's it. I mean, there's a sort of um, what's been interesting over the last little while is that uh, I, I think previously you needed to have let's say, a bit of knowledge about the medium or whatever to, to make things sound good. And technology is brilliant now. Microphones are cheaper. Connection stuff is is easier than ever. So you can make a really good sounding podcast with not very much these days. So it, it just means that anyone can do it and, and pretty much anyone is. Um, but <laughs> but I, we I got there first. <laughs> we were there first. We've got our, we've got our feet in the ground. We're, we're the foundations of it. But, you know, it, in some ways, maybe it's nice to think that, you know, someone who listened to your show or, or my show went and thought, hey, I'd like to do that. And mm. if those guys can do it, I can do it. Absolutely. Fair play, you know? Yeah, indeed. So um, I know from from uh, from reading our blog and listening to, to the show that you, you are a, 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 a semi-regular five-a-side player. Yeah. Um, and obviously you're, you're, you're coming into this as, as the player manager of this team. So if anyone's listening to this podcast for the first time, the premise is very much that um, Andrew will pick a five-a-side team of which he is the player manager and he will have one um, super sub who cannot be a footballer. So seven players in total um so who have you gone for as your first pick hey c- can i just ask a question here because you know um do you ever go like over the rules of five aside in terms of in terms of how they're played because i, I find english rules are quite different from irish rules is that right because i i always go i always work on what i what i know five aside rules to be here because they, they they're, they're flexible as well. And there's different types. Right. Um, I always so go game, no no overhead height. Goalkeeper can't leave the box. Other than that, you're probably much pretty much golden. Okay, yeah, fair enough. We have that. Goalkeeper can't come out. You can only shoot in the half. Uh, All right. We can only play. We play in like a caged um, five aside thing. So you can only score from inside the half. Um, that's good because that stops the sort of Lauren Robert types that you get in every five aside team who will just shoot right. on sight. I am kind of a bit like that. I, I like <laughs> a good shot from distance. You know, the the pitch is big enough that you can have a go. But mm. uh, we don't we don't do with the overhead um, height thing. And I've you know I've played some games where you know you can't go in the box. Um, yeah. Some some strange ones, but yeah, the overhead height one is is kind of flexible. I think mm. that uh, that is one that that I've certainly played it with it and played it without it. I'm you know it'll it'll all be down to whoever the referee is on the day. I would I would have referee. I love the idea that you got a referee <laughs> in the five-a-side game. That's brilliant. But you know I I I am of the firm opinion that that headers should count double in five-a-side. Oh yeah, you know because because it is hard. Yeah, we play with these kind of they're quite wide goals but they're low, you know, they they're maybe only I suppose they'd be up to 
mm, the bottom of your rib cage. I'm a six foot tall man, right. so they're maybe just just up to the bottom of your rib cage, maybe just below the nipple, uh, if I might <laughs> say. Um, but they're wide, so you know to score a header in a five a side game, I, I think should be. Um, should be rewarded yeah i agree i agree it's i mean it's very difficult to get a football to do what you tell it to with your foot sure with with your head it's even more so (laughs) for sure i know all about that anyway sorry i've taken this on a wild absolutely fine that's uh, um what we're here for really but um let's let's get um let's get your first player onto the pitch though okay for first player I i did pick a goalkeeper and you told me that i didn't have to necessarily pick a keeper because mm. um, we can all do our turn in goal that's the way it works you know whoever's tired yeah. whoever's made a lung busting run up the other end of the pitch and has to go in goal for a bit of a, a rest but my first uh player is paolo maldini mm. can i firstly say it's a huge flex to not pick a goalkeeper you're the first person to have to have taken that option um, but i but i am um, but i just i think if you've got literally anyone that's ever existed um as an option Picking mm. a specialised goalkeeper seems like an obvious choice, but at the same time, uh, this is this is what five sides about, isn't it? You all do your turn in goal. I think yeah. actually most footballers would be happy to do that. I know Wayne Rooney was very keen on playing in goal, wasn't he? You see players larking about all the right, time yeah. in training. Aubameyang so, as well does it, doesn't he? He goes in goal and they show some videos on the Arsenal website of Aubameyang having a great old time flipping goal, around. Yeah, I mean he he. He must frighten the coaches and the manager when he goes in goal because you're thinking, yeah. well, what if he just dives and breaks his shoulder? But then every time he scores, he does an impossible tumble that would paralyze me yeah. if I were to attempt it. So he's you know, in that sort of quality of player where yeah. I uh I don't really consider him to be part of the same species that I am. So I just sort of feel <laughs> it's better to just let them get on with these magical things, isn't it? Yeah. And and Paolo Maldini as well would be uh would be one of those players because what a man. Mm. Well, as a, you know, as a, uh, when I played 11 aside, I was a central defender, center half. Um, and you look at players who play in that position and you, you think, God, I'd love to be like that guy. And Maldini was one of those players, just so natural in defense and you know, a handsome bastard as well. Yeah, I think he, he defines my idea of like a handsome Italian man. Yeah, yeah. Look, the eyes, the hair. You know, he could, he could have you know easily grown out the beard a little bit. You know, stubbled it up a bit and and taken it to a a new level. But you're looking at like a he's a, a sort of a footballing Don Draper, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> Very much so. And also, I mean, Cesare Maldini was a was an, a genuine Milan legend and an Italian yeah. legend, really. And to, I can't think of another example where a son has has not just come out of his father's shadow like that, but actually eclipsed him. So there's, yes. there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of valor going on with with Paolo Maldini. There is as well, you know, and a, a great left foot. And his own son has just started his career as well, hasn't he? So. You I know, mean, what heights can he hit based on the based on the genes some, he's got? It's, there's some good DNA there. So Maldini, yeah, I mean, he is one of those players that I remember from almost like my own footballing youth. You know, he was one of those really, really big, important players that kind of defined the game. But he was one of the good guys within that. And I, could, I would absolutely love to be on a pitch with him. 
Yeah, I mean, he, he he just has the name, doesn't he? The name Maldini, and you associate it with quality, and and obviously that AC Milan team that he was a part of um, for a, a period there was just you know the 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 talent that they had was was incredible. Um, and I think you're right. You know, I've I think there's probably a running theme uh, through my team uh, when we when we look back on it. When you talk about him being a nice guy, I kind of think that's there in my team. Um, yeah, I'm a bit of a sucker for that as well. So Hon- yeah. honorable men, yeah, honorable men, but great footballers as well. <laughs> yeah, so I've um because you've gone Maldini first, I've sort of can't get it out of my head that the, the goalkeepers are going to rotate. So I f- almost feel like you've picked Maldini as a goalkeeper, um, which is insane. Whoever turns up last has to go and goal first. They can work it out. Absolutely. It is fun, isn't it? I think it's my preferred position in five-side, actually. Um, in goal? Be, yeah, yeah. Because, mm. oh, I don't know, you just... You feel invincible if you if you if you if you start having a good game, and obviously because the the goals are quite small, mm. you know, you, a save can often feel better than it is if that makes sense. So that's a good way sure. to boost confidence. But sure. Maldini's a, a strong strong start. That is that's a rock at the heart of any defence or even perhaps in goal in this this scenario. So are you alongside him on the pitch while you're playing. Oh, well, yeah. Look, as a player manager, I'll roll on and off a bit with all these guys. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't mind Maldini telling me what to do if I'm the, the, the nominal defender in a five-a-side game and he's in goal and he's telling me where to go and where to run. God, mm. I'd love that. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. He'd be happily directing traffic. Um, so who's your, who's your first, sorry, who's your next choice? Your first technical outfield player, but you know, actually your second outfield player. Okay, it is. Uh, I know I've only been able to pick two from from Arsenal and anybody who is a regular reader or listener uh, will know that my favorite player of of all time is Robert Perez oh. so that's that's who I've gone for um because yeah the idea of being on a pitch with him as well is is um that's pants wetting stuff what an absolute dreamboat Robert mm. Perez was and indeed is I think uh Still is. His, his, you know, the scenario of him coming to Arsenal was was an interesting one as well. I think people forget that he replaced Mark Overmars, and yeah. I think a kind of a like for like replacement is actually a quite a rare thing in football, isn't it? You see, you, you see it spoken about in transfers a lot if a big player's move, moving, but it's no, it's not often you know a, a player that plays in the left comes in directly for a player that plays on the left. But that's exactly what happened here, and. Big shoes to well, small shoes to fill, but a big reputation to fill, really, because Overmars was so loved and, and and had been such a success at Arsenal. And it took Perez a while, didn't it, to sort of find his find his feet. But once he did, wow! Yeah, what a player. I mean, look, they were very different to Overmars and and mm. Perez in terms of how they played. Overmars was really head down, speed at the defence, you know, uh, and he had that lightning pace that was so terrifying uh, to defenders. Yeah, you know, I think there was a. a an element where, you know, in the final season of his career at Arsenal, um, Overmars, along with Petit as well, you wondered if their hearts were really quite yeah. in it. And I don't know that they were. So, you know, to go out and get 25 odd million from Barcelona at that time, who've yeah. given us a lot of money for players. In 2000 uh, as well. Yeah. That was a hell know, of a lot of money then. It sure was. So I think the thing about Perez as well is that he had. Uh, a big choice to make before he joined Arsenal. It was, you know, Real Madrid were after him. And as somebody yeah. who's um, one of his parents, I don't know if it's his mother or his father, is Spanish. You know, Real Madrid, of course, is 
just an amazing institution and and very attractive for any football player, but one you know who comes from Spain or has got some Spanish family, mm. you know, even more so. But but Arsene Wenger, being the smooth operator that he was, you know, was able to say, look, we've got. Uh, we've got a French contingent here. You should come and join that Thierry Henry, Patrick Vieira, etc. Yeah. You know, come and join that. And that was the that was the thing I think that convinced him. And yeah, it took him a while to get going. It took him a while to to come to terms with the the physicality and the pace and and everything else, the ferocity, if you like, of English football. But once he did, mm. he was just a, 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 a such a beautiful player to watch. Absolutely, um, I, and I think. I think Robert Perez might have the most distinctive run of any individual footballer I've ever seen. Yes. It kind of ran on his heels in this slightly sort of duck-footed way uh, that looked like simultaneously ungainly, but also quite kind of refined, which was very, very strange. And as you say, it was a very different player from Overmars mm. who, who, who relied so much on pace. And it wasn't that Perez lacked pace, but it was like, if he was going to take on a defender, he'd take the scenic route around that defender, and he'd always get where he was going. But he, he would just do it in a in a in a bit more of a methodical way, which yeah. which I always enjoyed. Oh, I miss him. Yeah, he did it with his footwork, didn't he? And and you're right, he ran like an elegant duck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but you know, you think of some of the 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 moments where he completely bamboozled defenders and and i you know one of my favorite ever arsenal goals wasn't scored by robert perez scored by freddie Jumberg. it was at anfield mm. when arsenal were down to 10 men and and one two nil but there was a moment where when faced with steven gerrard perez just put the ball from one foot to the other and gerrard was standing there going what 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 happened what How did he- what, what where's the Where's the ball? And he just crossed it, and Jumberg made one of those runs and took the ball in at the near post. And uh, you know what I loved about Perez as well is that he could score beautiful goals. You think about that lob against uh, Aston Villa. You think yeah. about the, the one that he hit first time against Southampton, where it just sort of looped. I think it probably looped about seven hundred feet into the air, and then yeah. just landed under the the, the crossbar and, and goals from distance that he scored against Tottenham. Uh, mm. but, you know, he loved a score crappy goal as well so if the keeper fumbled the ball he was there to tap it in and i think in a game of five aside you need the guy who can do that as well as uh, as well as all the other stuff as well so if there's a ball rebounding around and and nobody knows quite where it is robert perez will and he'll stick it in the back of the net Mm, absolutely i i can't help but um think of that penalty debacle against Man City as well when I think of Robert Perez because I think he was supposed to effectively pass it wasn't he but he brushed it with his studs Mm. Um, and I I just I love that because Arsenal were 1-0 up like they were taking the piss at that point and that was you know just after sort of title winning season so they were they were in a little bit of decline but perhaps without being too aware of that at the time but I love the I actually quite love the showboating element of them d- d- doing that silly penalty routine and the fact that it was only 1-0 and it could have blown up in their faces but didn't. Yeah, um, uh, yeah look, it was one of those that if they'd scored it, people would have talked about it for a while. But the fact that they didn't score it means it gets talked about forever. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, there was certainly an arrogance to what they were trying to do. And, it, you know, I think as well, there's a sort of... Um, uh, a simplicity or a simplicity. I mean, people don't think about doing that with penalties, even though if you do it or if you execute it properly, it gives you a, 
you know, a, a fairly uh, easy tap in, but of course yes. they made a mess of it and everyone was laughing and pointing and everything else, but there was some logic to it beyond the arrogance and beyond the, um, you know, beyond the, let's take the piss out of these guys because, you know, we can, and mm. we're that good that we can, we can think about doing it. There, there was a, a kind of footballing logic to it as well. Um, but the execution was not there on the day. That's no. for sure. <laughs> um, so let's move on to your next player. You've gone for another Arsenal player. Um, you know mm. the quota early. I don't think anyone will be surprised by that, to be fair. No. Um, again, uh, look, Maldini, nice guy. Um, Perez, nice guy, as you can see from the training pictures where I think he lives there now, doesn't he, at London Colony? He lives at the Yeah, Arsenal. he's always there. I think, I think, to be fair, it must be said he's not a nice guy if you support Portsmouth, but I don't know what sort of monster would do that. So Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, he must have like a, a tent or something just on one of the pitches. He just wakes <laughs> up in the morning, uses the dew on the grass to wash his face, and there he is in his training kit to oh. hang out with the lads. But, you know, somebody who probably is maybe the nicest man in football at the moment, Um I, I don't know anybody who could possibly have something bad to say about Santi Cazorla. Oh. And, you know, we're playing five aside. This is a small pitch, you know, to have somebody who is genuinely um, amazingly skillful, but also the most two-footed player I've ever seen in my yeah, life. I would I would agree with that word you for word. Advantage. I, do you know what is, like, is um, nominally stronger foot is I, I have no right. idea if he's if, you know officially left footed or right footed because it doesn't right really matter this have you right seen foot. his son doing the stay at home challenge uh doing kick-ups yeah. with um the toilet roll because his son is two-footed as well i'm calling it now hmm. even at that age you can see that it's just it's just natural sort of ambidextrous um, um he's naturally ambidextrous should we say i'm not i'm not yes. sure what word I was trying to mangle out there. But <laughs> I think we got it. Yeah, we got there in the end. So I think you're right. He is he's one of the most likable footballers there is. He's, he's an adorable footballer as well. I think somebody sent us an email once and they, they were working in a hotel and uh, Santi Cazorla was staying there and they brought up some room service. And um, when they went into the room, Santi Cazorla was playing FIFA um, and he was wearing a full VRAR kit as he was doing it, which evidently is basically his pajamas, oh, uh, which is just, I know, right? It's just, it's like this adorable chipmunk man that happens to be a wonderful footballer in person. Just, I can't get enough of him. I wonder how good he is at FIFA. I bet he's amazing. He must Two-handed. Be. Two-handed, yeah, he can use both his hands. Presumably that's how that works, right? If you are ambidextrous. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think you can, you can train yourself uh, you've got to have some natural a- aptitude for it anyway, because some mm. people you know, who are amazing with their correct foot look like, I don't know what they look like. You know, if you ask, I mean, th- this is the acid test. You know, we can all, not all of us, but, you know, you can play a pass with your left foot and you can maybe take a shot with your left foot. But I think the true measure of how ambidextrous a person is or how two-footed they are is with a dead ball with Mm. a set piece so like i don't know if you ever played in a a a team where your goalkeeper was not great at kicking it you know yeah quite often the case with goalkeepers because you know they were the worst guy so they just got thrown in goal but yeah you you know as a center half i played in some teams where you have to take the goal kicks Mm. so you're whacking the ball downfield 
ask a guy to do it with his wrong foot and you will see the measure <laughs> of his two-footedness because you just end up like toe-bogging them or or doing something. Um, so I've, I've lost track of this here completely, but we're talking about Santi Cazorla and his two-footedness and, and everything yeah. else. Um, Sorry, look, uh, I just want to um, just cut in briefly to ask for an explanation of the word toe-bogging. Is that the oh, same toe-bog- as toe-punting? Yeah, I think you call it toe-punting there. Yeah, toe-bog is like... You, you bog the ball like you give it a good bog that's fairly I, irish i think i think uh, i prefer yours to be fair yeah toe bogger or toe bog is when you do that where you toe punt it and you you score a goal uh like ronaldinho did that time against chelsea nice. in, in the champions league but do you remember the the arsenal game where we had a corner and cazorla was taking it was about to take it with his right foot and lauren koscielny gave him a signal and just Made him made him take an in swinger with his I left. Do you remember that? Yeah, amazing. The ability to do that is incredible, yeah, and look, especially like just in an instant like that. It's just no. It's just not mm. a, not a problem. And he is, as we've said already, he's a, he's clearly a very very. He's one of the good guys. And we mentioned Real Madrid earlier, and and how obviously if you're if you're Spanish, that is a that is a real pull. But it must be said about Real Madrid that they are, of course, some sort of evil empire, uh, and always yeah. have been. And they were very very public about trying to sign him when he was at Villarreal, um, and he ended up turning them down. And he said there are many other things in football besides Real Madrid. It's clear that it is possible to say no to them. There is no doubt that they are a great team, but I also feel very satisfied and valued at my club. And a surprisingly sort of fourth right from a man so adorable as Santi but it's, it's like yeah no you're right you don't have to join them yeah you don't, you don't have to make this big protracted transfer saga you can just do what you like yeah be your own man and forge your own path in the world of football look you know he I think we all kind of like that guy don't we who who is willing to turn down the big books and the big money and and you know I won't say plays just for the love of the game, but I think you have to have a deep love of football to come through what Santi Cazorla has come through over the last yes. couple of years. You know, that that injury that he sustained was terrible. And then the complications from the surgery and, mm. you know, we've seen the pictures where he's had skin grafted off his, his arm. Um, you know, he had a tattoo with his, do- his son's name or his daughter's name. And it's sort of, you know, there on his heel, you know, to, to go through what he went through to come back and play football and to play at the level he was playing at, you know, last season and this season in Spain before um, before things shut down. Amazing. Just what yeah. an amazing uh, player and what an amazing desire and love he has for the game. And look, you know, those... Um, teammate things that they do on soccer am or whatever they are and it's mm. like who's the who's the cheekiest player who's the joker and who's this but it, you know who's the most skillful it was always Cazorla. this is Paige, the co-host of giggly squad and i want to tell you about a company that i've been loving olive in june olive in june gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If I had an extra hour in the day, I might catch up on the latest football news, take a lovely walk with my dog Sammy, or maybe interview someone using an orange peel and a broken iPhone. You know, normal journalism stuff. But it's not always easy to prioritise our time, and that's where therapy can be an extra helping hand. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Untangle any unneeded worries and start to value your time for you. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash ramble. So before we, we move on to your next player, um, I know that you, you, you have a couple of dogs, don't you? A couple of German Shepherds. That's right, yeah. Um, Santi has a dog called Zlatan. Um, <laughs> so, so I'm hoping maybe there'll be some sort of dog party going on at the side of the pitch. Maybe you can bring yours. Santi can bring Zlatan. You know, the other guys can bring theirs along. I think, you know, dogs at football is a fine thing and five-a-side is, is no exception from that. So yeah. um, after that little dog diversion, we are going to move on to, to your next pick, which, which is one that I'm very, very excited about. I would say one of the coolest footballers ever. Um, who have you gone for? Uh, Socrates. Uh, oh, Brazilian yeah. Socrates, not the one who's currently playing at centre-half uh, for Arsenal. But that, <laughs> no. that's Socrates, isn't it? That's a bit more Greek, I think. But Socrates, yeah. I don't know. I, I just remember him from the world cup in 1982 so i was i was 11 when that took place and i remember it being on the tv and i remember we were watching it with you know all of us watching it as kids and we're going out and playing you know three and in uh between games and stuff like that but but he just looked cool yeah he looked like football was easy for him um and I kind of like that elegance and I like that attitude. You know, we can all admire the players who who didn't necessarily have the greatest amount of skill, but worked really hard. You think Mm -hmm. of your, your Ray Parlers, your David Beckhams, those kind of guys who weren't necessarily the most gifted players, but put in the effort and, you know, whether it was physical or Beckham with his, with his, um, his training, you know, that he'd take a, bazillion set pieces in order to make himself as good as he could possibly be you know there's something hugely admirable about that but the guy who can just kind of stroll onto the pitch Hmm. with a lit cigarette hanging out of his mouth whether that's you know um metaphorical or not yeah uh, in his case you know it nearly wasn't um he had a there's a great quote from him about exactly this aspect of his character which is i'm an anti-athlete i cannot deny myself certain lapses from the strict regime of a sportsman you Mm. have to take me as i am yeah yeah i I love that and he was uh he was known as dr socrates wasn't he because he was actually a qualified physician as well 
Yeah, he had a, like a yeah, he definitely had a doctorate. He was a really smart, intelligent guy. Um, you know, he had a, a social conscience as well. But you know, he liked to smoke and he liked to drink. Would he would he last in the in the modern era? Maybe not. You know, we're playing a five aside where we've got a couple of subs, so you know, he can give us five minutes, come off, have a <laughs> have a smoke. Have a, I don't know what he would like, whether he would like some kind of beach cocktail. I don't know what yeah. it would be. He could have what he wants, you yeah. know, a, play a, with the dogs. A something like that. Uh, play yeah. with the dogs, exactly. Sit down, give us a bit of a, give us a bit of a, a left wing spiel about, you know, the political state of the world. And then, you know, uh, he can come back on and do a bit, score a couple of goals. I, I like that. I just like the, the character and I like the, just the the ability to be able to do what he did, but to do it on his own terms, I think there's something there's something really cool about that. So this is a, this is an absolutely incredible thing about him as well. Um, before he died, he said um, that his wish was to die on a Sunday when Corinthians won a trophy, and that happened. Get out! But, yeah, he he died uh, on a Sunday. Corinthians drew nil nil with Palm- Palmeiras, and um, they won what was then their first Brazilian title for six years. How amazing is that? That's incredible. He even fucking died on his own terms. Yeah, is it, like I'll play football how I want. I'll die when I want and how I want. It's a life lived just to to the full, isn't it? Even even right yeah. to the end. It's beautiful. Brilliant. I'm I, I'm even more glad I picked him now. So we're going to move on to your final pick now. Um, mm. I'm surprised this man has never come up before. Um, but yeah, you're probably yeah, seriously. Um, but um, even that introduction is probably a little giveaway as to who he is. But who have you gone for? Uh, Lionel Messi. Oh, um, I just you know, again, I'm thinking about you know, there's a competitive part of me here that wants to win these hypothetical five <laughs> games. Right? So yeah, I'm going to need some good players to offset my um, my slightly uh, wooden-paced uh, efforts on the pitch. Um, but Messi, you think about him uh, and see what he does on a, an 11-a-side pitch and you look at the close control and the ability that he has to, to almost find space where it looks impossible for there to be space, whether that's for a shot, whether it's for a dribble, mm. you know, I, he's just astonishing in that regard. So, you know, first and foremost, I think he'd be really good on this this hypothetical five-a-side team, but also he's the best football player I've ever seen yeah. in my life. I, yeah, um, I, I would agree with that. And I'm, it's, it's not exactly a controversial opinion from either of us. And also... You know, both of us have seen him absolutely terrorise our team, which mm. is a is a you really oh. see it in much sharper focus when it's suddenly against you. I went to the to the camp now to watch uh, Barcelona versus Arsenal. I've done that more than once, mm. but I there was a game where where we went there and we scored early um, through Nicholas Bentner. I, I remember it well. Was that the game where Robin Van Persie was sent off? No, for- that was a different game. I'm going to have to I'll look this up as we're talking, but but I was there and we were there and we were celebrating the goal um, that Arsenal had scored through Nicholas Bentner. And within, I would say, 60 seconds, we hadn't even finished celebrating and Barcelona uh, had scored through Lionel Messi. Yeah, Bentner scored in the 18th minute. Lionel Messi scored the 21st minute. So we were celebrating uh, for a bit too long, maybe. Um, <laughs> but on that night, he scored four goals, and it was you know it was that classic case of you know 
don't make him angry. You won't like him when he's angry or, you know, don't mm. poke the hornet's nest because they'll just come to life. He was unbelievable, unbelievable that night. And I know there were mitigating circumstances in that Arsenal had Mikel Silvestre playing uh, <laughs> center half, which wasn't great, God. but he was just astonishing. And yeah. it was one of those where, you know, I'm not the most magnanimous uh, football fan in that the opposite. Am I allowed to swear here? Yeah, go for it. The opposition can go fuck themselves. Absolutely. Um, in every event. When we win, uh, go fuck yourself. When we lose, definitely go fuck yourself. Yeah. And if we draw, you know, also go fuck yourself, even though the, the spoils are shared. I'm very, very rarely open to the idea of giving credit to the opposition because I just I just don't like it. It's not in my nature. Mm. But that, that day, it was just a privilege to watch him do what he did, even though he was doing it against us. Yeah. Um, it's one of those it, things where you just have to take your hat off. And if you don't own a yeah. hat, you have to go out and you have to buy a hat and then you have to put that hat on and then take that mm. hat off because it's just... Yeah. A, there was one of the goals where I think it might have been the fourth where at this point, you know, you've already got a hat trick. You don't, you don't need to score the best goal of the, of the game at that point. Mm. Uh, but if you're messy, you can just do it easily. Where it was very close control, wasn't it? Did he dink it over Almunia and then meet it on the other side and tap it yeah, in, like, in, with about three players around him? It's, it's, as, you, as you say, like, it looks like he can do things that other players can't and he sees these little things. And it, to me, it's almost as if, you know, when people talk about like a figurine having like mm. X amount of, you know, a, a large... A large number of points of articulation it's like yeah. he's got extra bones in his body or he can move in extra ways and it said that there are you know there are more than the dimensions we're aware of in, in the universe that some of them are really <laughs> tiny and they're folded yeah. up it's like he can access those and mm. the close control it's just i've never seen anything like it i'd really like to see actually a movie like much like the zidane movie that mogwai soundtracked oh yeah, Messi, yeah to see him up close like that and to, to get all of those little extra touches he takes that uh, that are uh, just, you know, no one else would think of. And what it is that he does to make it look so simple and yet so that, utterly devastating. That is that is the, 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 the beauty of him is that you look at it and you go, well, has he done anything particularly special there? And then you they slow it down. And it's just the ability to find a way around or through situations that normal players, and we're talking really, really, really good players, just cannot mm. and have never been able to. And he can somehow glide his way past a defense. He can chip the ball with the kind of precision and accuracy that, you know, if you were to look at it, you would say it's somehow computer controlled or predefined or it's it's CGI. He's, you know, know those videos that came out um, where it'd be like some guy and he's hit the ball five times in a row off the crossbar and it's an mm -hmm. ad for Nike or whatever. Didn't Ronaldinho do one or something? Yeah, I think it was I mean, fake, wasn't it? But yeah, still. it was. I mean, it was in the very early days of, of CGI where they were able to do these things and we didn't really know whether it was real or not. Mm. I mean, Messi strikes me as the kind of guy who could do it. Just oh, absolutely. Do it, you know? Yeah. I think um, it was one of the England players who I think was uh, in the the game against Argentina in the 1986 World Cup who said of Diego Maradona that um, his hand was like a... F uh, oh, sorry, that his foot was like a hand. Um, and I think Messi's the same, really. He, he absolutely must be to be able to control the, the ball in the way he has. I mean, in fact, I don't know if anyone's checked that they are feet. Maybe they are hands. 
Um, I don't know how you sort of check for such a thing. But one thing I really like as well is that Messi, the quality of him and the, the status of him has stopped the whole new Maradona thing. And I don't think people are necessarily saying there's a, there's a new Messi because it's just ridiculous to to put that burden on anybody. But I think probably for Argentinian football as well, it's great that 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 has finally been shifted because someone came along who is you know you could argue better or uh, or is at least on the same sort of uh, pedestal. Yeah, yeah. Look, you know th- those comparisons are always going to be made. Um, you know, and and Maradona was in his own way a a, a truly remarkable player. Um, and one, you know, for quite a while, I sort of, I, I looked at and admired because of what he could do and and how he did it. But I felt, you know, because of the the, the other stuff that went on in his life, um, you were wondering, you know, is, is this guy wasting his talent? Has he wasted this gift? Which, you know, I think it's clear he did in some ways. Mm. But I watched that documentary, um, the one that was out last year. Yeah, it was fantastic, wasn't it? unbelievable and it gave me a very different perspective on him and his life and the 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 way that the pressures of this this fame and this talent had an impact on him and his character and and everything else and you know he did some stuff which isn't really defendable and isn't particularly nice but Mm. but to have it in this different context was was really interesting so anyone out there who hasn't seen it do track it down because it's uh it's an amazing uh it's an amazing film um Mm. so yeah so that's it so yeah i mean you got your five actual footballers now yes uh, and obviously yourself as player manager uh, but uh, you get to you get to pick a sub who is who is a non-footballer which is often probably my favorite part of the show really because um, it allows people uh, license to be creative and you, you've certainly done that so who have you gone for um omar little <laughs> from the wire from the wire like i wasn't sure if i had to pick a real person or not but then i thought considering this whole thing is hypothetical why yeah. couldn't i pick a character you are the first person to do that i've left that deliberately vague um, to what? see if people do it you're the first person to go with a fictional character so mm. kudos a couple a couple of firsts on here from you no Good. goalkeeper fictional sub i'm glad i'm, I'm a, a trend a trendsetter i hope um look you know i think uh, the wire is is up there with the the best television series of all time without uh, doubt unquestionably is right there in my my top three um and he is just one of the coolest characters in it you know there's there's so much going on in that show there are so many uh cool characters and and so many strong performances as well but omar from the very start just kind of has this this swagger you know he's got this he's kind of like a this robin hood type figure yeah. in a way like he's not quite as um rob from the rich and give to the poor as as uh robin hood might have been yeah but, you know this idea that he's he's robbing the other drug dealers yeah well this uh, is it isn't it if you've not seen the wire omar is uh what's known as a stick-up man who is a man hmm. who makes his living from robbing drug dealers and he wasn't a drug dealer himself was he in the show he was just he would just rob drug dealers and he yeah. again i like this because you know we've, we've we've touched on it already that you've got a lot of um very upstanding people in in your in your team and even though omar is you know technically a murderous thief he's got a code you know those man's got to have a code is something he says regularly throughout the show and in community when he's quite hilariously parachuted into that as well um and and i mean 
I also wondered, do you have a little bit of a lack of steel in midfield? But I think that will certainly be offset um, by having Omar on the bench. For sure. You're going to have the opposition thinking, oh, you know what? You know, these this, these guys might be potentially be a little bit of a soft touch. And then you hear someone go, Omar coming. And it's like, oh, no. Exactly. Uh, that guy's got a shotgun. Exactly. Under his, under his uh, specially made um, trench coat, which will be in a football kit design, of course. <laughs> you know, the only one wearing a sort of uh, below the knees kind of uh, football shirt in which he can pack his, uh, his shotgun and, yeah. and do his business. And also, know? I mean, you might be at home thinking, hang on, guys, you can't. You can't let him bring a shotgun onto the onto the pitch. So I, I'm not going to tell him he can't do that. No you one's going to tell him he can't do that. So. You tell Omar he's not allowed to bring a shotgun onto the pitch. And the other thing as well about Omar is, you know, as a character as well, because he was he was, you know, this black guy in this tough uh, world, and he was gay. And mm. I thought that was a really cool part of of uh, what made him a just a fascinating character. And it's what. Uh, you know, the fact that he robbed from the drug dealers was um, a reason w- for them to hate him. But the fact that they were being robbed by a gay man really, yeah. really emasculated them in a way. And I thought that was brilliant. Um, yeah, I believe, if I remember rightly, once they discover that, don't they double the price on his head? Yeah, there was something. Yeah, it's like, we really need to get this guy now, you know. And there's a, an amazing scene, which people can look up on, on online as well, of Omar giving evidence um, in the courtroom mm. and in his final line to to the lawyer. I can't quite remember it off the top of my head, but, you know, uh, he's basically saying, I rob people with guns, you rob people with a briefcase. It's all yeah. in the game. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Well, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a lovely uh, conclusion to your team. Andrew, thank you very much for coming on. Um, so where can people find Arsblog and Arscast? Um, Arsblog.com. Search for the Arscast, you know, wherever you get your podcasts in, you know, whatever app you like to use to listen to podcasts. Just search for Arsblog or Arscast and it'll be there. You can subscribe. And uh, yeah, that's it. It's, um, it's, it's out there for anyone who wants to find it. We're on Twitter at at Arsblog as well. Um, and that's it. And this has been great. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks oh, for inviting great. me. Cool. Well, um, there we go. That's Fantasy Five Aside um, for another show. Thank you very much, Andrew, for coming on. And thank you guys, as ever, for tuning in and listening. Cheers. This was a Stakhanov production.